Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. In this podcast, I want to take up two topics. The first is the role of a board of directors in a compliance program. And in part two, we'll take a look at compliance expertise on the board. Both of these areas have become much more important in light of numerous corporate scandals involving, you name the company, Uber, Wells Fargo, GE, uh, where there was zero compliance expertise on the board, and each of these companies are now embroiled in significant reputational issues. But more importantly, in the 2017 uh, Department of Justice announcement of its new FCPA corporate enforcement policy, the DOJ specifically pointed to compliance expertise on the board as a key indicator of an effective compliance program and something that the Department of Justice would give credit for to a company. This is really the first time we've seen the Department of Justice articulate this, and companies need to pay attention to this and get a true compliance professional on its board of directors. This podcast is sponsored by the Complete Compliance Handbook. The Complete Compliance Handbook will be a 700-page, single-volume compendium of all of the best practices of a compliance program. It will be published in April 2018 by Compliance Week. You can find out more information on my website, www.fcpacompliancereport.com, and you can also pre-order copies. These lectures are based on the chapter around the board of directors and their role in compliance. Across the board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. The Board of Directors Compliance Committee. Under the U.S. Sentencing Guidelines, a board of directors must exercise reasonable oversight on the effectiveness of a company's compliance program. The Department of Justice Prosecution Standards pose the following questions. Do the board of directors exercise independent review of a company's compliance program? And are the directors provided sufficient information to enable the exercise of that independent judgment? Moreover, the FCPA guidance requires a CCO, that's Chief Compliance Officer, to have direct access to the board or an appropriate subcommittee of the board. The guidance also requires a tangible commitment from top levels of an organization, including a board of directors, that the company will create an ethical culture. At the board of directors level, a board compliance committee can devote itself exclusively to non-financial compliance, such as anti-corruption compliance as required by the FCPA. While many companies have fulfilled these obligations through an audit committee, I believe the better approach is to have a separate compliance committee. The reason is clear, that a compliance committee has become not only central to any well-run business, but it's critical to overseeing a wider variety of risks than the typical audit committee has experience with which usually is only aimed towards financial risks. A compliance committee on the board should be the primary means by which the board of directors monitors and oversees the company's compliance program, compliance reporting, and disclosure as appropriate, and also oversee a company's relationship with its outside auditors who may be looking at a compliance program, or indeed outside counsel who may be brought in for assistance. Audit committee members need to have certain compliance literacy and financial, excuse me, compliance expertise. 
They should be comprised of persons with sufficient understanding of compliance to enable them to act effectively to oversee the integrity of the company's compliance reporting process and any statements that the compliance function may be required to make. They should be able to read and understand a compliance program. They should be able to read and understand the reporting that a compliance program engages in or develops. I would suggest that one member should qualify as a compliance expert that I'll talk about in a subsequent podcast. The compliance expertise requirement is generally fulfilled by a committee member with a background in compliance that permits the board to conclude in good faith that the director is capable of understanding the most complex issues around compliance that are likely to be encountered in the course of the company's business. A board compliance committee should receive, should provide regular reports to the board of directors as a whole, and the directors should satisfy themselves that the compliance committee, management, and all outside professionals are satisfied with the compliance condition of the company as they are presented. The compliance committee should get regular reports from management the chief compliance officer, and probably even the internal auditor to provide a reasonable assurance that the internal compliance controls of the company are adequately structured to allow the company to fulfill its obligations under the FCPA for having an effective set of internal controls. In addition, the board compliance committee should oversee management's design and implementation of policies and procedures to control compliance risks. Audit committees should discuss guidelines and policies to govern the process by which risk is assessed and managed at a corporation. This means that while the board as a whole has a responsibility to understand and oversee risks, it is the detailed responsibility of the compliance committee to provide information so that the board can exercise good judgment in everything it does. While there are some risks, such as compensation risks, uh, which may be the responsibility of the full board, there are certainly some that would be appropriate for the compliance committee. While risk management is a particularly complex and indeed new area that many boards may uh, have to consider, if the company puts this in the compliance function, I think it has a much better chance to manage it adequately. So what should the board compliance committee begin its inquiry with? I would suggest the following question. How do we know it's working? In other words, is the company's compliance program living up to the hallmarks of an effective compliance program in the eyes of the government? At this point, I would lay out four specific areas of inquiry, and we're going to go into these in much more detail in subsequent podcasts. The Board Compliance Committee should obtain information to process on the compliance process to carry out the compliance function rather than the details of the specific compliance issues. They need to understand that there is a single individual 
or internal corporate discipline keeping track of the compliance function and making sure that it's properly handled. A board needs to understand, or the compliance committee needs to understand, that there's a system in place that keeps track of compliance requirements. A key area of board compliance committee interest should be in, in around hotlines or other internal reporting mechanisms. Here, a compliance committee needs to know the details of both inbound issues and outbound responses thereto. On the inbound side, this means details about who answers the reports that come in via email or phone, how this information is triaged, and in what time frame. It also requires an understanding of whether the reporting system is truly anonymous with no use of caller ID or GPS tracking. The next series of questions deals with the responses to any information which comes to the attention of the company, such as basic inquiries about how reports are classified and routed, who gets notified for what types of calls, how the investigation process is divided among the various functions, or is it outsourced? Finally, what is the response rate and the response time for reports that come in? A board compliance committee must know who is accountable and responsible for each segment of the compliance program. They should obtain a assurance that the compliance function has developed a charter that makes it clear to them where the obligations fall across management so it can assess accountability. While it is true an effective board compliance committee will allow management and the compliance officer to do his or her job running the business, they understand that it is their job to set long-term strategy. Strategic planning is another area that is well-suited for oversight by a board compliance committee. For such a committee to be both effective and informed, it must have an appreciation of where the corporate compliance function stands, not only at the present moment, but also has a strategic plan for how compliance and ethics can continue to grow. My colleague Stephen Martin, a partner at Arnold and Porter, has long advocated a one, three, and five-year compliance plan. However, a board compliance committee should demand that the compliance function be nimble enough to respond to new information or new actions such as mergers or acquisitions, divestitures, or other external events. If dynamic changes, if a dynamic changes, you want to get your board's attention on the changes which may need to happen in your compliance program. And now a short break before we go into part two on today's podcast. I'd like to visit with you about the teaching company. If you're a lifelong lover of learning as I am, I think you will find the teaching company is one of the best ways to continue learning at a very high level at a institution or college or university level throughout your life. The teaching company provides lectures from top college professors in a wide variety of topics, from better living to economics and finance, arts, language, history, philosophy and intellectual history, science, and religion. Their tapes are both audio and video. You can purchase uh, DVDs. You can live stream. Three of the most recent releases are The Age of Benjamin Franklin, 20th Music of the 20th Century, or Great Music of the 20th Century, and The Science of Gardening. Some of my most recent favorites are the Founding Fathers series, which I am working through now. I hope you'll check out the Teaching Company's website, which is thegreatcourses.com. It's a fabulous site, and I know if you love learning, it will be a purchase 
that you will always treasure. Please check it out. Next, I would like to take a look at compliance expertise on the board. Earlier, I talked about the need for a board compliance committee, and I alluded to the need for compliance expertise on the board. And today I want to take a deeper dive into this. Almost every board has a former chief financial officer, former head of internal audit, or person familiar with, or excuse me, a person with a similar background, and often these people will head the audit committee as members of a board of directors. Such a background not only fulfills New York Stock Exchange requirement and SEC requirements, but it brings a level of sophistication and training and subject matter expertise that can help all companies with their financial reporting and other finance-based issues. So extrapolating from there, I think it is incumbent that companies now put a compliance subject matter expert at the board level. An arm of the U.S. government has recognized the need for such expertise at the board level. In 2015, the Office of Inspector General called for greater compliance expertise at the board level. The OIG said that the board can raise its level of substantive expertise with respect to regulatory and compliance issues by adding a compliance member to the board. The presence of such a compliance professional with subject matter expertise on the board sends a strong message up and down the company about the organization's commitment to compliance, but it also provides a valuable resource to other board members and helps the board fulfill better its oversight obligations. Think back to the today one when we talked about the legal obligations as set forth under Caremark and Stone and Ritter. Courts are increasingly looking at the expertise available, which allows a board to fulfill its obligations. Or indeed, think about the discharge of prudent, prudent discharge of obligations. Uh, can you have that if you don't have subject matter expertise? Mike Volkoff, noted compliance counsel and commentator, has looked at it from both a practical and business perspective and has stated, I've witnessed firsthand that companies that have a board member with compliance expertise usually have a more aggressive and effective compliance program. In this situation, a chief compliance officer has to answer to the board for the company's compliance program while receiving the resources and support to accomplish compliance tasks. The Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics Chief Executive Officer Roy Snell sees it through the prism of the compliance professional and has asked or has said, if you ask most companies if they have compliance expertise on the board, most would say yes. When asked who the compliance expert is, they typically point to a lawyer, auditor, risk manager, or ethicist. None of these professions are automatically compliance experts. All lawyers have different specialities. Snell goes on to state that what regulators want to see is specific compliance expertise at the board level and noted the government is looking not for generic compliance expertise. They are looking for compliance program management expertise. Perhaps the strongest uh, push towards this has been through the Department of Justice and their Compliance Counsel Wei Chin. She has continually talked about the need for companies to operationalize their compliance programs. 
She intones that businesses must work literally to burn compliance into the fabric and DNA of their organization. Having a board member with specific compliance expertise, heading a board compliance committee can lead to a level of oversight and commitment to achieving that goal. It will not be long before the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission begin to require this step in a FCPA enforcement resolution. This means that when your company is evaluated by CHIN under the factors set out in prong three of the FCPA pilot program announced in April 2015, in which she retrospectively looks back to determine if your company had a best practices compliance program in place at the time of violation, you will need to not only have the structure of the board level compliance committee, which I talked about in day three, but also a specific subject matter expert on the board as well. If you think about the specific subject matter expertise required in an audit committee, I think that uh, you will quickly see the same can and should be applied to the compliance committee. So, for instance, the New York Stock Exchange and other major security exchanges require that each member of the audit committee be able to read and understand fundamental financial statements or must become financially literate within a reasonable time after having been approved to the audit committee. At least one member of the audit committee should qualify as an audit committee financial expert within the meaning of SEC rules. The financial expertise requirement is generally fulfilled by a committee member with a background in finance or accounting that permits the board to conclude in good faith that the director is capable of understanding the most complex issues of accounting and finance that are likely to be encountered in the course of a company's business. The New York Stock Exchange permits a board to presume that a person who is an audit committee financial expert within the meaning of the SEC's rules has the requisite accounting or related financial management expertise to satisfy New York Stock Exchange listing standards. I would submit to you that is the uh, standard that is now required for a compliance committee or compliance expertise on the board. So where do you find such a person? Well, clearly, if you have a person who's been a chief compliance officer, you know, perhaps even a, a blogger or commentator in the compliance space, but certainly a chief compliance officer, uh, someone who's been in the compliance profession, not uh, simply done investigations, but in the indeed compliance profession where you have designed, created, implemented, and enhanced effective compliance programs within a corporation. This does not mean you have to be in-house, but it certainly from the in-house perspective would lend itself to compliance expertise on the board, but it can be someone from the outside counsel perspective who has done this. They could have done this in the context of an FCPA enforcement action. They could have done it in the context of other uh, significant events. Nevertheless, having someone who has done this leads to having the ability to understand what a best practices compliance program is, and more importantly, the information that is reported to him or her on the board level. But it also as noted uh, at the start of this podcast, sets a tone. And when you have that kind of compliance expertise on the board, uh, that is uh, communicated down 
through the chief compliance officer into the business unit. So this can be a very powerful tool. It can be a very powerful tool downward from the board into the business. It can be a very powerful tool upward from the business up into the board, which allows the board its uh, to fill its obligations in the oversight of management. It also gives someone the chief compliance officer can not only ally with, but speak to as a compliance professional. So what are the three key takeaways? Finally, and perhaps most importantly, from the regulatory perspective, the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Program brings forward the concepts put forth in the 2016 FCPA Pilot Program around compliance expertise on the board. This is now formalized in the U.S. Attorney's Manual that every company must have compliance expertise on the board. All of the DOJ and SEC speakers who I have heard or heard about since this policy was changed in November 2017 have said they expect a true compliance professional to be on the board of directors. And frankly, when you look at any of the most recent scandals, you will see one common theme. None of these companies had compliance expertise on the board. It's certainly time for companies to make this change and have a true compliance professional, but also now from the regulatory perspective, if you want a a sentence crediting under the U.S. Attorney's Manual, you have to have compliance expertise on the board. Generally, changes in compliance start with a regulatory change or a new Department of Justice way to think about things or have an evolution in their thinking, and we certainly have had that with the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Across the Board. Across the Board is the only podcast dedicated to boards of directors, management of strategic risk, and corporate governance. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. If there are any topics you would like me to take up on this podcast, I hope that you would email me. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Across the Board, and I hope you'll join me again when we continue our exploration of boards of directors, management of strategic risk, and corporate governance. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.